recording for 20 seconds. What? <laughs> okay, that was weird. Um, welcome back to episode uh, 15, I think, of the Colton and Joe show, where this is going to be a very, uh, this might be one of the most exciting top 10 lists we've ever made. Obviously, this is offensive linemen, probably the most underappreciated group of uh, players in the NFL, but they are quite boring to talk about. So um, if this episode is kind of short, I might actually be a little bit happy about it because I don't want to talk about it that much. Yeah, Next, no news, either, so it, it might be pretty short. I won't cry about it. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. This is not like later. Yeah, that's true. It's like the middle of the night right now. Wow. I mean, I love them like that late. Like we'll have recorded it's not like late. that late, but it's it's still late. That one episode that was like super low energy. Um, that was like two a.m. That was awful. I don't know. That I was, sucked. I don't even remember. Was that running backs? Yeah, I think that was running back. Yeah, that one stunk. Yeah. Did you, how how was your how was you start off? I was actually pretty alright. I'm not gonna lie. Um, my mom and my sister were shopping, and I stayed at home and like vacuumed and like dusted and stuff, which is a lot better than three hours. I must fun, say, cause it fun. takes like a, takes like a, an hour to do that, and then I can just like sit around and, and like mess around the rest of the time. So I did absolutely <laughs> not. I played my. <laughs> I have to talk to you about something after the episode, um, but I mean, it doesn't matter right now. I just came to my mind, so I'll, I'll write that down. But what was the news? What was the news? Okay, so two things. The main thing, Hall of Fame game, Steelers versus Dallas Cowboys in Canton, Ohio, has been canceled. Um, saw it coming, it's I guess. Re- they rescheduled yeah. it. For- uh, Did they? Okay. I, I saw it coming. I, I think it was, was it. I think it was DeCastro that said he, he thought it was going to get canceled or... He wasn't. He probably wasn't going to play if it didn't get canceled. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not big news. It's not bad either because it's just that's just if you didn't know, that's not like they don't just take one of the four preseason games that you have and make it the Hall of Fame game. They just give you a fifth preseason game, so it's not yeah. like we're missing and, out on anything. Yeah, it's a good bit earlier too. So um, yeah. yeah, it's not really a big deal. I was I was kind of excited because I miss football and obviously we're going to get to have one of the earlier games, but. uh you know, yeah, like he's yeah, yeah just with the way uh, things have been going and the other sports like that like the the NBA bubble and Disney and stuff like that. So, but yeah, we 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 didn't get any disadvantage of this. So next thing, it's not not big, but uh, former 49ers quarterback Doug Williams says that Dwayne Haskins has more arm talent than any quarterback drafted in the past two years, and he was he was adamant with that. So so Doug Williams obviously. Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Redskins. It's a bold take. Um, bold. You might have more arm, more arm strength. I'm sorry than anyone, but not talent. Anyone not in the league, but in the past two years being drafted, but not talent. Like yeah. you can't say that he's gonna have because Tua Tagovailoa has the accurate has like the most accuracy out of a quarterback yeah. since Drew Brees, and Joe Burrow right. has the decision making is a lot greater than that of Haskins. Obviously, that's not all arm talent, accuracy, strength, like. I don't know. Those are really the main two things that go into it. But ha- Haskins does not have a lot of accuracy. We can we can confidently say after seeing a few games. Uh, I've seen some of videos lately. He's looking pretty good, but you know, like they're not, he's not going to put out like the missed passes he's had. He's going to put out the dimes. So yeah, you're going to put out the dimes. And then obviously last year we saw Kyler Murray, who is a lot more accurate at least than Haskins to be a very good decision maker. Daniel Jones is like. I think Danny Jones has more potential than Dwayne Haskins, but the arm talent may go to Haskell, and I don't... Danny yeah. Jones kind of got a, a bit of a cannon on him, but the accuracy's not great. But, I don't know. It's just a little... 
a little wonky. I guess maybe it could end up being right if Haskins has a big year, but uh, all signs are what about him not having a big year. The team around him. But um, I know I texted you about this. What about the uh, Colin Cower like top five? Yeah, arm okay, talent. Colin Cowher put out his list of of top five arm talents in the league, and he didn't put Patrick Mahomes on it. He had Russell Wilson at number one, which didn't surprise me because he absolutely loves Russell Wilson. He had like Jared Goff was on the list. Drew Brees, Tom, Tom Brady, was it Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray was on the list too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, yeah. So that was the top five. He, he put out a Brady was two. That was like okay. that was why he, he put out a a different post about an hour later that was like correcting it. So instead of saying arm talent, it was like crossed off and it said throws like quarterbacks that throw the most catchable passes instead, <laughs> which obviously you can't just like, you don't just track who whose passes are the most like catchable. Is that it's even like a right? PFF thing. It's like a PFF <laughs> thing. Like that they just have stats for like, That's so, uh, that's just dumb. And I don't know. I don't know. What that was weird. I that. must admit. I think he was just looking for something to prove why Russell Wilson is the best player in the world. He, he loves Russell Wilson. He said that he thinks, like, a while ago, he said Russell Wilson is, like, the best football player on the planet. <laughs> he said that the top three quarterbacks were Russell Wilson and then Patrick Mah- and then Carson Wentz. Carson so, Wentz. I, 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 I must admit, I don't watch a show every day like I know you do. Um, but when I do, he's always, like, yeah, he's in love with Russell Wilson. He definitely likes Carson Wentz a lot. So that's, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Main thing this I love Colin Coward, but some of his opinions are really funky. He had a segment the other day where he was labeling him. He labeled himself like the king of like quarterback opinion. I was like, this was not the best segment to follow. Calling himself yeah. the king of quarterback opinion. So I, I don't know. There are a few guys that he just loves for whatever reason. Those two. He loves Sam Darnold too. Just a few guys that he, for whatever reason, has a particular affliction with. But we also both of us like Teddy Bridgewater and like. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't. I'm realistic about Teddy Bridgewater. At least he, he's not top ten or really yeah. close to it. But he made our honorable mention. Um, he didn't make my honorable. Yeah, he didn't make. I think he's. I think he's gonna have a good year, but I don't think like he's gonna be able to be a top ten. Obviously, as Christian McCaffrey, so that'll be a big yeah, help, man. I gotta say, like, at least once a week, I'll find myself watching Teddy Bridgewater highlights. <laughs> That's just, I, I don't know why. I watched highlights, there were a few games, Steelers games. I think it actually might have been one Steelers game that I watched. I don't remember who, it was Steelers versus Packers, where Antonio Brown caught that crazy, like, sideline catch at the end to set up the game-winning field goal. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I watched the uh, Rams versus Chiefs last year, where it was like 54-51 to 51 or whatever. Yeah, and I'm was- I'm convinced that might be the greatest regular season game of all time. That might be it. So I know, like texting, like when you text someone, it's kind of weird how tell how they're like, um, like how they really feel, you know. But I, yeah, I texted you like a picture of that. Like I was watching, I was like, "This is a crazy game" or something. You're like, "Cool." I was like, "Okay." I'm like, Jeez. <laughs> like, might honestly be the greatest game ever. <laughs> yeah, it might be the best regular season game of all time. Just rewatching it. There were seven touchdowns on each side. There's like one team, it was the Chiefs had seven touchdowns and a field goal. The Rams had seven touchdowns and two field goals. Like, <laughs> that's just crazy. And they were like multiple defensive touchdowns. Patrick Mims had a kind of crappy game, though. I, uh, I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that, but then I rewatched it and he had like two fumbles and two picks. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a roller coaster of emotions when you watch that game, definitely. Yeah. And then, like, I, I was scared for him. 
because he went there was one point through like a it wasn't really like his fault like it got batted up in the air by the d-line and then so and sebastian ibukam came down with it it was run at the end zone patrick just went and like threw his entire body in the way he just got like smacked on the ground yeah it was bad it was bad if i was a chiefs fan i would not have been happy with that and honestly i forgot who won that the rams i know they did i yeah they they won because i remember at the time the team i wanted to win one and i wanted the rams to win at the time but then i watched back at it and i was like i want the chiefs to win now because i forgot who won i remember the score but i don't remember the winner so I was watching back, and I was like, the team I wanted to win won. I was like, well, I want the Chiefs to win now, so I thought they were going to win. I watch, yeah, I, I tend to watch a bunch of old Steelers games, like Steelers versus Ravens, and, and like the Steelers games when like it was peak rivalry, you know? But One like Le'Veon Bell, like 200 yards, Steelers versus Bills game in the snow. Oh, yeah, that was that's a classic. That's a classic. Mm. Oh, like, oh, like, I don't know, the like, I was just going to the NFL uh, YouTube, and it's like the game that made Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, or something like that. Um, yeah. and his lines, I think, maybe, and he gets like three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And I like yeah. watching. I do remember that game. Yeah, I I ended up watching an NBA game today, a rerun, because NBA is doing something during the quarantine that you can watch all the games for free on the NBA app. So I downloaded on the Xbox and was watching Bulls versus Hornets game where Zach Levine hit the game, with, and that was a good time. Brought me brought me back to the good old days. Toward the good old days. But I'm pretty confident that the NFL will come back this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think it's in much trouble at this point. Roger Goodell seems to not be too afraid of it. Yeah. You see, he kept free agency on. He kept the draft on. He seems to be an adapter. Less of a kind of just go with the flow kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they're, he, he doesn't go with the flow of everybody else. I mean, he, he adapts, makes the right call most of the time. So I have respect for him for that. Uh, yeah, as much as as much hate as uh, Roger Goodell gets, I think it, a lot of it is like undeserved. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, there was one moment that I that I kind of hated Roger Goodell. I don't know if you know um, Dave Portnoy, the like president of Barstool Sports. He did uh, Goodell did this thing. It was like a like bid for charity. Like all the money went to charity for COVID fund, COVID relief. I think. And it was like whoever won got to go into Roger Goodell's house and like watch a Monday Night Football game with oh, I on live TV. And if you guys don't know, Dave Portnoy and Roger Goodell do not have a good history. Dave and a bunch of other guys went to <laughs> the NFL headquarters when they suspended Tom Brady and were like had picket signs inside and ended up getting kicked out by the police. And then they said they couldn't come back to the Super Bowl and then they snuck into the Super Bowl anyway. <laughs> and then they got caught. And then he like he was the guy that mass produced those like Roger Goodell's a clown t-shirts. <laughs> and then so so he won the raffle and everyone was like super excited about it. And then they did a background check and find out found out that he snuck into the Super Bowl. And then Roger Goodell was like, oh, we can't let you do it. We can't let you mm-hmm. come here because you have a bad background check. So I, I don't respect Roger Goodell for that one. Yeah, that, yeah I don't really respect uh, Roger Goodell for that either. But he didn't want the smoke from Dave. Yeah. Dave Poor and I would have roasted him. <laughs> um, so I guess we better probably get into this list though. Some good get some good talk there, but let's just get this yeah. over. So I went first last time, so I suppose you can go first this time. Okay. Alright, start off with the honorable mentions. First three, um, Tyron Smith, Dallas Cowboys tackle. Pretty solid injury history is the main thing holding him back. 
Taylor Lewan from the Tennessee Titans, former like all pro as a guard, but he just kind of fallen off a little bit this year. Got a lot of penalties. Mitchell Schwartz, Kansas City Chiefs tackle. Uh, I think he was the highest rated pass blocker among right tackles, which I mean isn't like super impressive, but uh, it's not bad on the least. And the guy that was the hardest for me to leave off the list was Teron Armstead of the New Orleans Saints. A little bit of injury history there as well this season, so tough to leave him off the list, but it, it happened. Oh my goodness, yeah, this is going to be quite the different list, because there's already, like, three guys um, on your <laughs> on your honorable mentions they are, like, in my top eight. So, um, I actually, I honestly don't have any honorable mentions, as um, I don't know that many offensive linemen, so I, I'll still just go right in. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can go right into the ten. Okay, well, my number ten, call it bias, call it what you want, DeCastro. Um, it was really close between him and Teron Armstead of who gets the 10th spot. Decided to give it to David DeCastro for mainly ends. He, he played 100% of the snaps, offensive snaps, for the Steelers this season, which was a feat not achieved by many offensive linemen. It was a, there were a few, but not many. And he was one of four offensive linemen to be top 10 in run blocking and pass blocking for pro football focus grades since 2016. The other two of them will be on this list, top five. One of them is retired in Marshall Yanda, and then I, I will not reveal the other two until I get to them in their respective places. But uh, DeCastro, no injury concern there. Had his, I believe, fifth Pro Bowl this season, so that's mm-hmm. what I got for him. So I have David DeCastro at ten as well. Um, he's a very, yeah, he's a very consistent player. He allowed one sack last year, and that was to Mr. Aaron Donald himself, possibly the greatest, the best player in the NFL at the moment. Um, David DeCastro, like you said. He is um, the pinnacle of consistency. He was, um, I think he won like media player of the year two years ago, or maybe even this year or something. So we know he's a, he's a nice guy and he's not going to cause any um, off the field issues. Um, you know, he's all you can ask for in reality, but uh, I mean, not all you can ask for. He's, but he's still very good, you know. He's the 10th best thing you can ask for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I think um, better this year. I mean, like, however much better you can do um, since. Ben's going to be back. Obviously, there were kind of two different styles of quarterbacks playing. One, you know, Duck and Mason just rolled out of the pocket a lot, and Ben doesn't commonly roll out of the pocket that much. So. Yeah, that's true. But my number nine, speaking of, you, you said something about David DeGasso being an unproblematic man. Well, my number nine is a problematic man in <laughs> Trent Williams, traded from the Redskins to the 49ers. Um, he missed this entire season due to a dispute with the Redskins management and, like, team doctors and this and that. He just sat out the season. He's, he's getting up there in age, and the season miss was really the only things holding him back. I think he's one of the top three tackles in the league from a talent standpoint when he's when he's playing. Got traded to San Francisco after they lost Ronnie Staley. Or not Ronnie, Joe Staley, I'm sorry. Retirement this year. Um, we don't really know if he's going to get a contract extension. He's not eligible for the franchise tag next year. So it's either big extension or loss in free agents. But I think when he's when he's healthy and playing, he's one of the best centers or tackles in this league. I'm sorry. So I just think it's it's the missed season and, and AIDS. It's the only thing holding it back for me. Yeah. That that's solid. I see your reasoning. Um this is gonna be very different. this is gonna this is gonna be super different. <laughs> I know it. you did not make your list. <laughs> My list. Um yeah, that's the thing for me, you know, you don't know how he's gonna come back and there's injuries and yeah, like you said, he's a, he's a problematic man. I definitely I agree with you from a, a talent standpoint. He's definitely one of the top players on the offensive line. But um, 
you know, that's not all there is. <laughs> I didn't look into him too much, but he was a name that, that came to my head while I was thinking of this list, but, but there were just a little too many issues. My number uh, nine was Teron Armstead. Um, so his, his PFF grade was, um, was solid. He was a solid player. Um, he's on a solid offensive line. Um, he's a good player. As far as I know, there's no injury history. Um, I didn't, I think he had like four sacks allowed all season, maybe, to be honest, I don't really know exactly, but, but he's a good player. Um, he was one of your honorable mentions. So, yeah, you know, there's not really much to say. He's, he's just a good player. And really when it comes to offensive linemen, you just need to be consistent and, and, you know, that's kind of consistency is key there. So, yes. Well, speaking on consistency, great segue there. My number eight is Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he was rated as the number one center in the league for a football focus wise. And obviously, if you guys don't know, we don't know too much about we don't watch every game to the point where we can watch all the offensive linemen. See, like get the eye test on them. So we we go a lot by pro football focus grades because obviously that's they grade offensive linemen in a lot of different ways, a lot greater than we would be able to. But Jason Kelsey is rated as the number one center, and if you want consistency, you've got it with Jason Kelsey. He has started every single game since 2015 for the Philadelphia Eagles, playing 95% of the team's offensive snaps every season. 95 was his lowest since then. So he's he's just the best center in the league, in my opinion. It's only Rodney Hudson's the only guy that even comes anywhere close to him center-wise, I feel like, and it's not too close. The model model of Kinsey and on, in my opinion, probably the best offensive line in the league. Uh, Jason Kelsey's coming up close for me, so um, so I won't talk about him yet. But my number eight is Zach Martin, offensive guard for the Cowboys. So I can tell I by a lot higher. <laughs> yeah, I can tell by the facial expression. Um, you think he's quite a good bit better. Um, he's good, and he's on, but he, he's you know he's on a great offensive line, and he's been good. He's been good for years. I'm not going to say you know he's like a product of the system. Um, but he was he he was another player, high PFF grade. Um, when it comes to guards, guards are by far the best offensive lineman position at the time. Centers are definitely the worst. And tackles are, are hit and hit and miss, I suppose. Um, but but Zach Martin had a good PFF grade. He was up there again. Um, to be honest, I really did, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'd like to see why I think he's higher. So off the later and see that. Well, I'll get to that in a long time. He's a fair amount higher for me. But my number seven, also from the Philadelphia Eagles, Lane Johnson, the tackle. Um, he. He had a little bit of injury concern. If he didn't have that in, those injuries, he only played 12 games this year, which admittedly isn't like a crazy amount of injuries, but enough to keep him off the field for a little bit. That, that, that's tough. For you. But he's ranked second in run blocking in the entire league um, on an offensive line that made Miles Sanders look like a top 20 running back potential. Run blocking is very important. When you look at him, he's got the, the, run, the yards per carry behind is crazy with guys like Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and Jordan Howard last year. So um, uh, he, he's just a great run blocker. He has been for years. Once again, just a staple of that offensive line. Like, has been the best in the league for a few years now. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles' uh, offensive line is actually, like, really good. And that's that's something I've discovered through this. That there's, like, the Eagles and the um, Cowboys and the... Um, Saints have a good one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Those are, like, yeah. the three main offensive linemen and that is multiple top 10 offensive linemen and all those but my number seven is jason kelsey center um yeah he's definitely he's like by far the best center in the league right now um like you said very consistent 
a part of the best offensive line in the NFL. Um, yeah, like you said, he's they're good at run blocking, good at pass blocking, um, all around good players. So there's that. <laughs> I guess my number six is a guy who might have made my number one spot last season uh, from the Green Bay Packers, David Bakhtiari. Um, he had a bit of a down season this year, but obviously he was not bad by any means. He was ranked second in pass blocking in the league. Um, there's there's not much to say. Aaron Rodgers did not get brought down too many times, especially by the likes of David Bakhtiari. Yeah, he had a stellar season last year. Just fell off a, a small bit this year's PFF grade went down a decent bit. But um, there there's not much to say about David Bakhtiari. He's just a talented guy. He's he's been perennial Pro Bowler ever since he came into the league. Yeah, he's a little bit higher on my list. Um, but that that's that's pretty interesting choice though. There, my number six. Player was Ronnie Stanley, tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. I am um, higher too. Mine. This is this is crazy. He had a really good year last year. Um, I think he was rated second, or he might have been second or third for tackles. Um, overall, if I remember correctly, he's a uh, he's he's young and he plays well with Lamar and his play style. Um, those quick offensive linemen tend to be good. Like Marquise Pouncey was able to pull and get in front of Le'Veon Bell and stuff back in his heyday. Um. So that that's a that's his like big his big thing is his run blocking. His pass blocking is nothing to he's no slouch when it comes to pass blocking either. Um, oh, he's definitely not, and I will get to that later. I, I'm gonna miss out on some stats. I didn't write this stuff down. I know you yeah, like. I, I had to write down a lot of stuff for this one. Because, like this pick, so yeah, so did. here's way better. I just kind of looked at the PFF grades and was like, this is really high. I'll go there. Um, I just noticed like something some way I, I messed up on the list, so I'll mention that. After this as well. Okay. It's kind of- okay. <laughs> but that was your number six. So my number five is a guy that I toiled with putting a little bit higher. Very underrated. Ryan Ramchak of the New Orleans Saints is my number five. He was rated as the number one tackle in the league last season. He was obviously number one in the league versus the run. The team, he was underrated mainly because he's a right tackle, to be specific. Left tackles, obviously, are some of the most important positions in football. Right tackles don't get a lot of love, to be fair. So, but a lot of people don't know the Saints average six and six point five yards per rush behind right. Ryan Ramchek, which is absolutely insane. Considering the average running back averages like four point one or something close to there, so six point five yards per rush behind him is absolutely insane. Um, he's young. I don't even think he has a Pro Bowl yet, for whatever. He has like a bunch of All Pro selections, but I don't think he has any Pro Bowls. So. <laughs> It's interesting. Pro Bowls are kind of a popularity contest. But Ryan Ramchak, I toiled with putting him a little bit higher. He he got put in my top five. I did put him a little bit higher, so I, I'll, I'll get to that later. Um, my number five was Mitchell Swartz of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he's a great player. He was definitely the best offensive lineman on the Chiefs last year. A big part for their Super Bowl win. Um, uh, yeah. Are you forgetting about Stefan Wisniewski? Oh the yeah, number one part to the Chiefs' Super Bowl win. Obviously, yeah. Um, <laughs> he'll be. He'll, I think he'll be good for the Steelers next year. Stephen Wisniewski. Uh, that depends if he starts. He might be a backup. To be honest, I kind of. I thought he was gonna start, but now they're moving Matt Filer to guard probably, and then they're gonna either start a core four or Banner. Hopefully, Banner. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> That was weird. I thought they were just going to start Wisniewski at the guard and then keep Filer at center because Filer was really good last year at center. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. But I'm, they know what they're doing, I'm sure. Um, I, I, didn't, I guess. I didn't expect him to start, though. Um, but where was I? Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, Mitchell Sports good. Obviously, um, 
you need a good offensive line. And I think he's a bigger part to Mahomes' success than anyone would like to admit. Um, on, to, on to four, I guess. All right. So my number four is a guy that I know you have higher, Brandon Brooks of the Philadelphia Eagles, the guard. Um, Joe's laughing over there because I know where he has Brandon Brooks. Um, Brandon Brooks is my number four. He's injured for this whole season, sadly. He tore his Achilles. So he will not be playing this season officially. He was ranked as the number one guard. He was pro football focus. He was ranked as the number one offensive lineman in the league last season for pro football focus. Um, he's just another perennial pro bowler. He's just an absolute stud. The number one offensive lineman for the best offensive line in the league. It was tough to put on this low, but I did, I guess. <laughs> I mean, what, uh, that's pretty much all I got for Brandon Brooks. I, I might have him a little higher if he was playing the season. Not that that was a real factor in my decision-making, but I I just see the other three guys ahead of him as just a slight bit better. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, so this is number four, where I have quite the interesting situation. Um, I have David Bakhtiari, as, as I believe you can say his name, from the Packers. Um, the Packers are a team that tends to, to draft players and the, draft players well, but then like release them whenever it's time for them to get paid. Um, so it, you know, you know he's really good when he gets kept around for for longer than the other guys. Um, his his PFF grade was good, obviously. Um, no slouch and pass or or run <laughs> blocking. So uh, yeah, this is this is the player I have a funny story about. So uh, I don't want to like expose myself on the on the show, but <laughs> okay, okay. Well, my number three is a guy that you mentioned. It is Zach Martin of the Dallas Cowboys. I said I had him a lot higher, and I and I did. Um, he's ranked as the number three guard this year. He was ranked as the number one pass blocking guard, and he allowed zero sacks this season. Um, he's a guy that's a top five offensive lineman, top three offensive lineman every season for almost the past decade. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, I think we can say that Trent Williams might be a Hall of Famer. Honestly, he went to seven straight Pro Bowls and like four All-Pros. But Zach Martin obviously could be first ballot Hall of Famer um, on one of the better offensive lines in the league. We'll see how he does with the loss of Travis Frederick last year for the Dallas Cowboys to retirement. So Yeah, yeah, interesting to say the least. Um my number three is Ryan Ramchek. So I know you mentioned him earlier. Um he's a great player. I don't think he missed any games this year as far as I know. Wait, did I'm he? not sure. I the yeah, I knew you already he was already uh mentioned on your list. So yeah, he's just another great player, offensive tackle. Um definitely underappreciated as you mentioned. So that's yeah. that. So for me, it was everyone else and then the top two. I feel like for me, the top two are a lot higher on this list than everyone. Obviously, as we can all know now, our top twos will be different. Um, I think there's only one. Well, there's one one person that is shared in our top two. And um, so my my number two is Ronnie Stanley of the Baltimore Ravens. He's ranked as the number two tackler, tackler, tackle in the league. I'm sorry. Um, he's ranked the number one pass blocker in the league amongst all offensive linemen by Pro Football Focus. He did not allow sack this year. Just an absolute freaking stud for the for the Ravens. He's young with Orlando Brown Jr. on that offensive line. They'll be holding things down for Lamar Jackson all day. And a great and an offensive lineman like that is exactly what you want when you're Lamar Jackson, who who's obviously a little bit more of a runner than a passer. Um, you're going to need that couple extra seconds in the pocket to be able to to find the open man. And 
he doesn't have that he doesn't have a number one receiver he has a good tight end as we went through last episode but um he's guys that needs a good pass blocker and he got the number one awarded pro football focuses pass blocker of the year last year and ryan ramshack was awarded the run blocker of the year last year so uh there's ronnie stanley i think he's Kind of, I think him and my number one guy are kind of a few miles ahead of everyone else on my list for me. So, um, to be honest, I think I looked at the wrong PFF list. I think I looked at last year's PFF list when I'm making this because my number one player was on the list and your number two player was not anywhere seen. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really kind of confused because I feel like I definitely would have seen Ronnie Stanley because if he was so good, like you said. So uh, I'm just going to go along with this. Um, I'm going to throw Ronnie Stanley in at a honorable mention <laughs> i thought he was on your list ronnie stanley did i say ronnie stanley oh i did say ronnie okay i was thinking of, i was thinking of someone else okay i you're right okay i'm i'm all out today today was it's, it's late we're tired i'm tired and to be honest this is just such a position i know nothing about and i like i did put in my time to like look at the pff grades and stuff but somehow i definitely messed up somewhere along the line because my number one player is just not who you'd expect but anyway, number two was Quentin I, Nelson. Obviously, he's your number one guy. Um, well, I mean, I, I would assume. He, number one, Chuck Wuma, of course. <laughs> yes, obviously. Um, or, or Zach Banner. Yeah, it, it's a tie. It's a tie. It's a tie between those two. And but, Chris Hubbard, BJ Penny. <laughs> it's a four-way tie. It's a four-way tie. Um, but yeah, I had Quentin Nelson at two. So he was, he was the second highest graded. I don't, I don't think he was this year. Or I honestly, I'm so lost at this point. <laughs> so he, he gave me the thumbs up. So he was the second highest graded guard this year. Um, Quentin Nelson's is like I think I know you said he's like probably I objectively one of the best players um, in the guard position when it comes to him and like the player right beneath him. Um, he is he definitely is a great player. He's a very consistent player, as I love with my offensive linemen. Um, as far as I can remember, there's no injury history there. Um, he's a great guy. No, no problems off the field. Um, great run and pass blocking. You know, um, Jacoby Brissett never really had to run out of the pocket too much this year, as far as I remember. I didn't watch too many Indianapolis games, but um, Jacoby Brissett and, and Brian Hoyer had pretty much some good time in the pocket. Um, and you know, uh, their running back, his name slips my mind. He's someone normally. Yes, Marlon Mack. He's a player I normally know, but um, yeah, he's. I don't think he's like crazy good, but he looks pretty good behind um, Quentin Nelson. So, so there's that. Yes, he does. So, as you mentioned, <laughs> Quentin Nelson is my number one. When when he was coming into the draft out of Notre Dame, he was everyone knew, everyone and their mother knew that he was going to be a perennial Pro Bowl player. Um, there were talks of being him being taken in the top three. He ended up being taken with the sixth pick by the Colts, and um, he has lived up to the name. Um, I, he's been a Pro Bowl every season, I believe. All Pro, many teams coming into this league. Rated as the second overall guard this year, like you said. Second best run blocking for a guard, but still allowed zero sacks in the pass blocking. Um, he's just an absolute beast. He absolutely transformed that Colts offensive line from being one of the worst in the league to being one of the best in the league now. Um, like you said, it, it's tough when you have a young quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, who is a, is a mobile guy. You don't really know where he's going to be behind the pocket when you're so used to Andrew Luck being a, kind of a stationary man that's not very mobile. 
Jacoby Brissett's a very mobile guy. You like to know as a general rule for an offensive lineman where your quarterback's going to be. And they don't really know where Jacoby Brissett's going to be. Jacoby Brissett doesn't really know where Jacoby Brissett's going to be. So Quentin Nelson just transformed that offensive line. Like you said, I've mentioned many times, I, I feel like objectively Quentin Nelson is a top five player. I think I think it's in my list is 10 through three and then a gaping hole and then Ronnie Stanley and then another gaping hole and then Quentin Nelson for me is, is how I look at it. But Quentin Nelson for me is is just the best off the lineman in the league. So, um, don't even, don't even post my list on Instagram. I don't know what's up. <laughs> I, I know I put in time to make this list, but somehow it's just like so much different than yours. And it's just not and my the difference is what, what we want here. This is the first time that we have a different, like a list that's like actually different. Our tight ends list is pretty different, but there's only like, they're all the same players, but they're in pretty different order. Yeah, it's all the same players, but like our top three was still the same. Every list, at least our top three has been the exact same. Except, yeah, not this one. <laughs> this one, we don't, I don't think we have a single, wait, wait. I mean, we have it. You had Nelson at two, and I know you have it once. So, yeah, I don't think we have a single player that's the same. Right? <laughs> so, my number one is Brandon Brooks, somehow. Um, I want to think on PFF, he was the, I said that he was the number one rated guard. He was, but, he was the number one rated player on the offensive line. Yeah, he was. I know that. But he was, like, he must have been in the season, like, for a little bit, and then got out, and got out, like, been out for the year. So I don't keep up with the Eagles a ton, obviously. Um, I heard that he was out, and I was like, I know he was injured this year. Like, I don't wonder how give up very so high. But obviously, he's really good. He was good the year before. Um, he's on a great offensive line. Um, so I guess there is some injury issues now, but but he was good before. And um, I don't. I, it's probably just a freak thing. He probably isn't going to get injured a lot before, like anymore. Um, I don't know. This is just a weird list. And yeah, it, it was, a little bit. It was tough. Well, so, okay, I was just going to tell you I was going to say this off the show, but. It was so weird. So I know when I made this list, I was like, Zach Martin's really good. And I put him at four. But then when there was a hole at eight, I was like, I forgot that I put Zach Martin at four. So I had Zach Martin on the list twice, but I already said put him at eight. So I just put David Bakhtiari at four and just like went on the fly. So like, there you go. It's just so weird. Like, I, I know I, I promise you I took the time to make this list and like think things through. But somehow it just ended up so bad. <laughs> yeah, I usually can sit down and like... Usually after we record a podcast, I will go and iron out my next list like that night. So like say we made the, we did the running backs list for one night and then I fit not the running backs list because that was super late. But like the wide receivers list, we were done at like nine and then I just I went and ironed out my my I got my my like script of my of my tight ends list done and then you know the next day I'll I'll iron it out and get it all done. But this one took mm-hmm. me a long time. I can't even like begin this because i actually had to do a lot of research because for the other ones obviously i watched a lot of football games i'm sure you watched a lot of football games those are the guys you see the quarterbacks running backs receivers tight ends those are the guys that you see with your eyes you get the highlights you know the stats the stats are posted everywhere you you just know them off the top of your head who's good and who's offensive linemen you're gonna have to go into the pro football focus advanced statistics and no one's watching i don't care how many times we both watch every single Steelers game every single year and we do not stare at the offensive line ever. <laughs> never. I have to tell you that for, for a fact. So if yeah. you, I would have never known that David DeCascio is one of four guards to, to get top 10 and run in pass blocks since 2016. I would not have known that he played 100% of the snaps. Yeah. That's just, that's just not things I know. Yeah, let's, I exactly uh, agree with you with that. But I'm definitely, I know, like, I normally make my list in the morning and then, like, right before the show, I'll look at it and try and, like, Make sure nothing's out there too crazy. Um, even though I somehow, when I looked at it before, I, I texted him was like, "You want to record?" I didn't notice that I had Zach Martin on there twice. 
<laughs> you didn't have to expose yourself like that. You just let everybody know. I mean, it's it's just a funny story though. You know, I it just can't be weird. Be like, yeah. I'll tell you my secret about my last. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Before I gotta, we gotta give the recap. We'll see. Yeah. This just shows just how different these lists are. So my honorable mentions: Tyron Smith, Taylor Lewan, Mitchell Schwartz, Teron Armstead. My number ten through one. David DeCastro, Trent Williams, Jason Kelsey, Wayne Johnson, David Bakhtiari, Ryan Ramchek, Brandon Brooks, Zach Martin, and Ronnie Stan, week one. No. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I didn't have any honorable mentions. <laughs> number 10, David DeCastro. Nine, Teron Armstead. Number eight, Zach Martin. Number seven, Jason Kelsey. Number six, Ronnie Staley. Um, Stanley. Number five, Mitchell Schwartz. Number four, David Bakhtiari. Number three, Ryan Ramchek. Number two, Quentin Nelton. Sin number one, Brandon Brooks. Quite a different Very different. This is the first time, probably the only time, no one on our list will be the same. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like when we get to defensive, though, we'll have some just because, like, edge rusher is going to be, like, or, like, outside linebacker is going to be tough for me because it's like, do I put Khalil Mack at number one is what I've been struggling with. Yeah. Because it's like, this season, he wasn't number one by any means. But, like, I feel like he's still, like, the best. Yeah. I feel like. And I look at CBS Sports, and they have him at, like, eighth. No way. No way. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like, he didn't, he didn't He had, like, eight and a half sacks this year, and the Bears weren't as good. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I can't put him that low. It's like, I still think he's, like, the most talented the most talented outside linebacker, but do I put him at number one? And then, because if I feel like if I put TJ Watt at number one, it's biased. <laughs> I've, I mean... If you look at the stats, Chandler Jones was better than TJ Watt last year in reality. Um, yeah, yeah. So. He, had, he, had, he had like five more sacks than, than TJ did. I would probably yeah. might put TJ above him though still because it's like, I think TJ's better. Yeah. He would, he would, Chandler Jones is old, man. Like yeah. 30, 31 right now. He's, yeah. I don't know. He just didn't like, he's not, he doesn't have as much of an impact, I feel like. I don't know. I just feel like TJ's like, any t- turnover TJ have leads to like a moment, is like a momentum shifter. When it comes to like forced fumbles, like that is a huge thing. Like TJ Watt led the league in um, forced fumbles, and I don't think it was like I don't think it was even close. No, I think comes- if I'm not mistaken, I think they were tied for the league. Uh, okay. Yeah, you might be right. Sure, but, I don't know. Um, I don't. It, it's just tough. I feel like TJ Watt's more fundamentally sound. I feel like maybe no one in this league has better fundamentals because you look at because he's small. Like, the other guys on that list for the line, outside linebackers, Khalil Mack and Chandler Jones and Clowney and guys like that, they do it with their – they're big, and they do it with strength. And T.J. Watt is, like, pure finesse. He's only 255 pounds, and all those other guys are, like, 280-plus. And T.J. Yeah. Watt, they just out – like, you see Khalil Mack pancaking offensive linemen out there. And T.J. Watt just does it with, with swim moves and, like, rip-throughs and spins. And that's – that's the only way he can get to the quarterback, and he's still done. he's just so fundamentally sound. I think it's like him and JJ Watt are like <laughs> the two most f- like people with the most finesse in this league. But JJ Watt is also strong. Oh wait, we can't go into defense next week. We slapped to do the fullbacks. <laughs> I'm not doing fullbacks. I'm telling you that right now. Fullbacks. I'm telling mm-hmm. you that right now. I I know the number one is Uzcheck. Yeah. Sometimes spell Uzcheck right. I, I think I, it's I like J U S. It's this is where I get it. It's either J U S Z C Z or C Z C. I think yeah. it's C Z C Y K, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's only one Z, maybe. There's either one Z and two C's or one C and two Z's. I'm not sure. I always mix it up. But. 
<laughs> I don't know. But I'm not right. I mean, there's so, Watts. Yeah. So what what are we doing for the next episode? What yeah. um, what, are, so, what position are we have? We we can do defensive lineman. I are you cool with just doing all defensive line one ranking? Yeah, obviously. That that sounds good to me. Um but we like we we did quarterbacks first, so like what's the quarterback of the defense? Like the middle linebacker maybe quarterback of the defense, the middle linebacker. That's what I was thinking. And then, like, the running back of the offense would probably be, like, we don't have to do that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So, we, we, we'll do defensive linemen. We'll do middle linebackers, outside linebackers, safeties, and corners. Yep. So, so defensive linemen next up. Okay. Defensive one. So, I, I, I don't we, we, I'll go D-line. We all know the number one, but after that, it gets tough. Yeah. That's preference. I know you like Daniil Hunter. So like, I do like Denier. <laughs> two. <laughs> no, I won't put him. I probably won't put him high, but he'll be on my list. No mistake. He'll probably be on my list too. He's he's underappreciated. He is. He is. He might be my favorite defensive lineman in the league. I don't really have a reason for it. He's just one of those guys. One of those guys. Are just away. Mo- most of like my favorite guys, I don't have a reason. For. Like I don't have a reason for liking Teddy Bridgewater so much. I just absolutely love Bridgewater since like. He was on the Vikings, and I was watching him. I just randomly decided I wanted to watch the Vikings one day, and he was watching Teddy Bridgewater play. I was like, I really like him. He should have won a playoff game if it wasn't for Blair Walsh shanking the field goal to lose the game. Um, then, he, then he got injured. I was, that was a very sad day when Teddy Bridgewater went down with injury. Came back, backed up. Yeah, I think he backed up Sam Bradford for like one season, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Or Kirk Cousins, one of those two. And then obviously went to New Orleans to back up Drew Brees, got some six-game run or something like that. Um, went like 5-1 and one as a starter. Now he's going to be the franchise guy for, for Carolina, and you best believe I will be watching some Panthers if they are wow. on at different times than the Steelers games. You best believe that will be my game of choice, watching Teddy Bridgewater ball. Yeah, I'm going to be watching Panthers. I'm going to be watching Cardinals. I'm going to be watching, like, Broncos games. And I might try, like, mm-hmm. if the... A Lions game on. I might try and watch a Lions game. Those are like. The I'm gonna watch on. a lot of highlights. Probably. I I like to watch Cardinals, like you said, and obviously my Steelers and and the Panthers. But I also know oh, another team I want to watch is the Giants. Yeah, maybe. As I've mentioned, Saquon's my favorite running back. Evan Ingram's my favorite tight end, and I really like Daniel Jones. So and, and I really like Jabril Peppers too. He was. I regret what as that was a sad take that I really wanted Jabril Peppers, and I wanted us to take him instead of T.J. Watt. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't turn out. That opinion did not age well, but I'm happy they made the right decision with TJ. I still like Jabril Peppers, though. Sometimes you got to think about it, though. Like, with Jabril Peppers, like, sometimes players just do different on different teams, you know? Like, do you yeah, think like TJ you could think, like, maybe we're a better, like, safety team than Cleveland was when they drafted him. And, like, maybe we've got better coaches back there or something, but... But did, well, I don't think we did. Like, our secondary was awful for all those years. But yeah, I don't think that there's any scenario that we draft Jabril Peppers and he becomes a defensive player of the year candidate like TJ Watt is. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm happy like, with the pick. Um, I'm not saying TJ Watt is a, a product of the system. Um, but I do think the Steelers, like, linebackers are, are always crazy good at blitzing in our system. For, like, mm-hmm. seemingly, um, I think TJ Watt would do good in other systems. But we saw James Harrison go out and, you know, not do good for the Bengals, and we saw him do like even you know he didn't play that many games for the for the patriots but he still didn't do like super crazy good yeah that is that is true i want to give a moment of silence for the cowboys who drafted taco charlton ahead of tj watt (laughs) 
and the Falcons that drafted Tack McKinley in front of TJ Wall. Tack McKinley was a weird guy, man. I don't even know if he's still there. But I remember on draft day, he went up and he had like a picture and was like yelling really loud. (laughs) Thank you, man. I made it. Freaking out at Roger Goodell. Calm down there, buddy. Weird. Like, he's like, you got to remember my name. I didn't know. Tack McKinley done anything. Yeah. I think he's still on the Falcons now that I think about it. I'm pretty sure he's still there. I think he's solid, but he's like not good enough to justify all the screaming he was doing, to yeah. say the least. <laughs> but like, what about the Steelers he drafted? Artie Burns over Artie Justin Reed? Yeah. I I think that was, I, I want to say Justin. Was that the Artie Burns year? Or was that the Trell Edmonds uh, I don't know. It's too early to say we'll throw a lot of I don't know. I remember I wanted Justin, whichever one. Because whatever year it was, Justin Reed was available and Ronnie Hillman was available. And I wanted those guys, like, badly. And it might have been the Burns year. I think it was the Edmonds year. Because I was like, we drafted a safety, and it wasn't the two best safeties on the board. I was like, this is garbage. So I was like, it was annoying. But obviously, I, Justin Reed so involved into a very productive player. And no disrespect to Terrell Edmonds, but he's he's not as productive as Justin Reed. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, I think Terrell Edmonds my, like is going to get a second contract, but I don't know how much money he's going to be worth. I don't think he's going to be much much worth much money at all, to oh, be honest. I said Ronnie Hillman, didn't I? Yeah, I think I meant Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Hillman okay. was the old Bronco. Yeah, I, was like, I, don't even, I was like, I don't even know who that guy is, but I was just playing along. Ronnie Hillman <laughs> was C.J. Anderson's backup. Uh, Ronnie Harrison was the safety. I think he's on the Jaguars. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. he came up on my Twitter the other day, just randomly. I think I might like uh-huh. recommended. So, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, but strange. I think Trellman's. I'm not sure if Trellman's is ever gonna be like really, really good. Like I think the Steelers drafted him with expectations of him being like Troy Polamalu, um, because they drafted him so high when he was like projected to be drafted so low. You know, like mm-hmm. you wouldn't really. Expect, um, but I think he'll be a solid player. Like even if he's well, like, as long as he doesn't yeah, give up. I got to say, though, if they did draft Justin Reed, then there's a good chance Minka Fitzpatrick would not be in Pittsburgh right now. Because Justin Reed right. is more of a free safety than a strong safety. Minka Fitzpatrick is more of one. They're both players that kind of just like to roam. And if you if you're, if the only safety spot you had locked down was someone that liked to roam, you're not going to go get someone else that likes to roam. The one we locked down is kind of a bruiser in Terrell Edmonds. That's more of a run, run stuffer, a big hit kind of strong safety type guy does dirty work while Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, runs around and, and sees what he can do. So I, I, I'm, I'm thankful, I guess, for Terrell Edmund in that regard. You know, do you follow, do you um, watch Steeler Nation highlights YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I usually watch like all the like season highlights they put out. And I got to mm-hmm. say, I enjoy Terrell Edmund, Terrell Edmund's highlights more than anyone else. They're they cool. were just so clean. Like he, like, obviously, he didn't have the most, like, good plays, but, like, his good plays were, like, so nice to watch. And the camera angles and the music just went together perfectly because there was just, like, a mixture of big hits and, like, diving, pass breakups. It was a nice highlight reel. He's, like, showing flashes like Artie Burns does. If he can build on it, then he'll, he'll develop to be a really good player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he'll have a better season this year. I guess him and Minka Fitzpatrick have a good connection. As I've been seeing, I've been, I, wa- I was watching the check down or whatever with like Kurt Warner breaking down film with Minka Fitzpatrick and like just clips of the communication between him and Terrell Edmonds on the sideline and just like 
those two have a very good connection, it seems like. So hopefully with Minka Fitzpatrick getting a whole year in the system and communication with the defense and Terrell Edmonds will will continue that connection and he'll get a little stronger. Yeah, I think so. Um I'll I think Terrell Edmonds, I don't think he's gonna be a bust. I think he'll definitely he's definitely like one of the most surprising picks that I've ever like witnessed as a stealer. <laughs> he's the most surprising pick I've ever witnessed because every other pick you at least saw reports like Steelers interested in this guy and like they're getting mock drafted to them. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't mock drafted until like round four usually. Yeah. But well, so, I, I won't call him a bust, but like if he was a fourth round pick, I would say he's a very good fourth round. I'll tell yeah. you that. But as a first round pick, I don't know. I'd just like to see a little bit more production. But obviously the kind of bruiser type of style he plays, you're not gonna get a lot of crazy highlights, but I just like don't this. I saw this I know I've mentioned this before and I saw this this article about how like the Steelers wanted to move him and have him play some linebacker. Um and I was like, that's such a good idea. Like, I feel it could be a really good, like, pass coverage linebacker. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. they, have, they have players that fill that now. But, like, whenever Shaz went, first went down, I was like, that is such a good idea. Because someone who can still play the run and hit, like, hit harder, but is still fast enough and has, like, the ability to play pass coverage as well. Like, mm-hmm. that's not, it seemed like such a good idea. But I don't think he got, like, I think he got, like, two snaps all year in linebacker. So, yeah. There's a lot of talk about moving Minka Fitzpatrick, like not moving him to linebacker, but like letting him play some snaps at like a lot of different positions around the field. Just so like it's harder for a quarterback to just like not target Minka Fitzpatrick's side of the field when he roams around and plays a lot of different positions, which is what the Jets do with Jamal Adams this season, which is why he's obviously someone that, that gets interceptions, gets pass breakups, gets sacks and run blocking tackles or not blocking, but like run stuffing tackles. I think that could be good, but then it comes down to who fills in the spot at the safety position. Is it Jordan Dangerfield, Antoine Brooks, or can you move Cam yeah. Sutton back to the free safety for a little bit, which is something that they discuss doing every single year. <laughs> but we don't we don't know what Cam Sutton can do with safety. We don't know if he has that range. We know he's got good man-to-man coverage, but whether he's going to be able to jump passes and, and be able to switch from man-to-man like a safety does and run back there, we don't know. So hopefully we'll see some of that in training camp. Yeah. There's like, um, there's like random players like Cam Sutton, and there's like just players I see like extreme promising in the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But like, coverage skills are really good. Cam Sutton, I like he might take over for, over Mike Hilton this year for like the majority of of uh, slot cornerback snaps this year, and like I wouldn't be extremely surprised. I like Mike Hilton, but like I could definitely see Cam Sutton being a good player in there. I think Mike Hilton will take most of the snaps this year, but I think if Mike Hilton ends up leaving which I could see happen because he's going to want some money. And as we all know, we don't have a lot of money, and next year we're going to have to pay a lot of guys. So uh, I could see Mike Hillen on the move, sadly, and that's where Cam Sun steps in. He's just been an absolute beast in the limited amount of snaps he gets. Or like, or like just We have like good developmental players in the, the secondary. Um, like Justin Lane, I was watching his snaps again, and honestly, like he's cool. <laughs> He's a yeah, Justin Lane's a good tackler. I tell you that. He, he's like he used to play a wide receiver, um, and then they switched him uh, to cornerback. So interesting, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. I like Jay too. I like Alex Highsmith. Um, um, that's about. I like Isaiah Bugs too. There's like the developmental players that I see promising. So Alex Highsmith, I, I see a lot of promise. Mm-hmm, me too. I think he'll be our starter next year. As I've said before, 
But mm-hmm. then there's just guys that I feel like are going to be career backups as much as I don't like to say it, like a Ulysses Gilbert, Ola Dini, who's our skipper, Rob Spillane, I guess, like probably Carlos Davis. Although I don't know too much about him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, that, we, don't, we don't really know. That's, that's it. Like, they're cool guys, but, like, there's, there's some players that are never going to be like Aaron Donald or something like that, you know? Like, you don't yeah. really see that. There's players that just do not – like, I'm a firm believer – that work ethic gets you farther than talent. I'm a firm believer that someone that doesn't have as much talent but has a crazy work ethic will always get farther than someone that has a lot of talent but a low work ethic. I'm a firm believer in that, but there are guys that like Daniel McCullers that just isn't at the talent level no matter how hard he works to be Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah. So, Aaron, right. You know, there's Aaron Donald. But uh, yeah, I'm like, there's the. So I really think, play, I think Sean Davis. I think Artie Burns are both going to do well in a new uh, scenery. I think Artie Burns is probably going to do better than Sean Davis um, because in the Bears, they already have, like, they have a pretty good, they still have a good defense, and so they probably have good defensive coaches that can fix his flaws. And, and I th- Sean Davis never played bad for the Steelers, but he just went down, and the Steelers pounced on Minka Fitzpatrick. So, yeah. like, that was kind of rough for him. He didn't really have a choice. He just kind of got kicked to the side. I've been seeing a lot of promising things about Artie Burns in Chicago because as you know I'm a Bulls fan and so I I get Chicago Twitter I follow the Bulls Twitter they talk about bear stuff sometimes or they'll like retweet some bear stuff so I see some bear stuff on my sometimes just for the Chicago sports feed and I've seen some problems with Artie Burns just some things that the coaches have have said and Mike T is relayed and just some of like the little scouting things that they've done with Artie Burns they they like his fit there so I, I trust them more because they watch all the games and know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But Artie, I kind of felt bad for Artie because he, yeah, he never had that mentor until he had Hayden. And by the time Hayden was there, it was already like too far gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, didn't, he wasn't even getting snaps from other time. <laughs> yeah. Cody Sensabaugh took over then. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I remember Cody Sensabaugh had one good game and he had like three pass deflections. I was like... Maybe he's not even. Maybe he's kind of sensible. His diamond in the rough. Like, maybe he's good. And then the next game, oh, it's like perfect Devontae Adams. Next game, so I was like, mm, okay, you're never mind. You're you're not good. I'm sorry. Yeah, he had, yeah. There was one game. I think it was against the Titans. He had like two interceptions and like three. Yeah, like he's like three pass deflections. And I was like, this guy's going off. And then like I never even heard his name in a positive like the rest of the year. That was rough. Yeah. I was like, maybe Cody Sensabaugh is going to be the starter moving forward. No, he wasn't the starter moving forward. I mean, he wasn't the starter that season moving forward because we didn't have anybody else, but... Yeah, it was him. He's Artie. no longer a member of it. I don't even think he's in the league anymore. I don't know. He, he was moving around a lot until he got to the Steelers, and I thought he yeah. might... He was only there on a one-team-year deal, I think. He's like, so, was he, wasn't he on the Steelers twice? Like, he was there for a little bit and then left to another team and then came back? Or am I making that up? I... If he was, I I was not aware. I don't know. Maybe he just was there and then like did not play at all one season and then started playing for him. But I just maybe I'm maybe I'm making it up. And the Patriots and like the Patriots always like have so many guys in their roster. I think they they turn over their roster like every offseason. So that was like a ton of players just have been on the Patriots at one point or another for like no reason. That is true. They don't keep like the bench guys around to pay them. Anytime, like a contract years up for any like bench guy, they just they draft a new. <laughs> yeah, they just draft a new random bomb. Check turns him into something. You know the Patriots and the Browns 
are the only two teams that have not drafted a pro bowler since 2013. Really? 2013 was the last time the freaking New England Patriots drafted a pro bowler. They sign a bunch of like random guys. That's, yeah, they sign them, but they don't have them. Like that's so weird. I think it was an offensive Pro Bowler. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Cleveland has Miles Garrett, who I assume it ends up Ward. Did. But it was, yeah. I think it was offensive actually. So uh, I that, guess that streak ended now with Chubb. <laughs> I think Chubb was a Pro Bowler, but I guess the Brown streak probably. Yeah. If he was think, a Pro Bowler, I don't. Know. I think the Patriots drafted Stephon Gilmore and uh, Devin McCourty. Right. I think they. Oh, they didn't draft either. I know. They might have, I think they drafted McCourty, but not Gilmore, because Gilmore was a Buffalo Bill for a while. Okay. That's when I started liking the Bills. Mm-hmm. Corner duo of uh, Stephon Gilmore and Ronald Darby. Do you, I think like, it's not my favorite. Our D-line list, I think there's going to be left. P- my last two lists, the tight ends and, and, um, and offensive linemen, have been more PFF-focused. But I think I'm just going to look at the stats more for defensive line. Because it's like sacks and pressures and stuff. Like I don't need to look at PFF grading. As my, my tight end list is a lot of kind of stats and kind of just eye test, which was mainly all of my lists. Stats I, and eye test was really what I went off of, as well as a few other factors for I, guys like quarterbacks and running backs and things like that, but mainly mm-hmm. just eye test for a lot of them. I really wish I would have put Ingram on my list. I, I kind of forgot about Ingram. Mark Ingram? I, no, uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he made the list. <laughs> Don't you forget that, you my man. <laughs> yeah. My last my last two lists have been awful, but I, I stand by my wide receiver list. I really like that list. And I like my quarterback list. And I thought my our running back list was super similar, if I remember correctly. Um, so Yeah, I, I'm back. good. I think my quarterback list was grade A. I think the other two lists, there were a few things that like most people probably wouldn't agree with, but I liked them. I don't think I don't think any I don't think anyone's gonna give a crap about our offensive line list though. They'll probably look at it. Wow, cool. <laughs> probably not. But yeah, I think my quarterback list is good for for my purpose. Running back, I don't know what I'd put that anybody would like. I think that running back was I think I guess Derrick Henry at three people agree with. Well, uh, wide receiver. It was the same for like the top yeah, five. We both did that. Wide receivers, we both had Michael Thomas at two, which was a little strange. I had Mike Evans top five, which most people probably wouldn't agree with, but I had him like six or seven, so it wasn't that much lower. Yeah, we and then we had we both had Kittle over Kelsey, which is another iffy thing. It's like fifty fifty. But I if you if you make a list like, if you make a, a ranking list and you put Gronk, or like a tight end ranking list, and you put Gronk top five after not playing last year and being injured and, like, not playing top five before that, like, I have Yeah, I've seen, like, CBS Sports and stuff had him at, like, fourth. And, like, I think Gronk was really good, but, like, he missed a whole year. He was extremely injury prone. And there's three good tight ends on that roster. Yeah. As well as two wide receivers. So, like, there's not... A lot of ball. There's not enough ball to go around to get Gronk to be a top four tight end in the league. I think he'll be a good blocker. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be a solid red zone target. But I don't see him being a stellar tight end. He's not. I don't think he's gonna. Be, he's the only. If the reason if he goes to the Pro Bowl is only gonna be because everybody oh, likes. <laughs> That's what it is now. Like Marquise Pouncey probably shouldn't have been a Pro. Yeah. He had a, to be fair. Not great. And um, there's he didn't, a lot of guys. Jacob, Josh Jacobs should have been a Pro Bowler. Certainly, I'll tell you that. Ryan Tannehill should not have been a Pro Bowler. I don't even know. Like, I don't think people really like Ryan Tannehill that much. Like, how do you even make it? <laughs> I don't. I 
I, I don't. I actually, I think, he, yeah, he was a um alternate. Yeah, uh, I it. don't know if the alternates are who they're decided. The alternates might be decided by like the media or something. I don't know because he replaced Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, and then I, if I remember correctly, I think on the NFC it was like Drew Brees made it, but then he just decided he didn't want to do it or like was injured or something. And then they put Jimmy Garoppolo in it. And then he made it to the Super Bowl, and then they put Kirk Cousins in Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's just weird. It's like that's the, dumb. Kirk Cousins is not a Pro Bowler, bro. Not that good. I watch the Pro Bowl like sometimes, but I like don't. I don't really like the Pro Bowl that much. Did TJ Watt get like a strip sack touchdown or something? He might have. He might have. I'm pretty sure he did, like a fumble recovery touchdown or something crazy like that. Like it was long, I think. But now I well I I put it on in the background when like we had a bunch of offensive guys on it. But I don't think either of our offensive linemen even went to the pro. Like, they were eligible, but I don't think they showed up. Uh, yeah. I think it was just... I don't even know if Minka went either, to be honest. No one wants to go anymore. It's not I, I saw pictures of TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and Joe Hayden present at the Pro Bowl. So mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else went. I know uh, Bush was an alternate, but he didn't make it, sadly. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, the Pro Bowl is like... It's never something I pay too much attention to. I know I was watching Maybe, a video like, and like a pop up came up that when Kobe uh, got in the the helicopter crash. Sad, um, sad that was rough. That was rough. I, yeah, I was watching it. I was just like, I was just like listening to music and like just messing around with like graphics and stuff for for my Instagram account. And um, then it came up like, wow, that's crazy. Like, but I, I'm not like I didn't really know that much about him. Like, I look more into him now that he's like passed away which mm-hmm. <laughs> depressing that i missed yeah. out cool, but it's so sad this him right because I'm, I'm a big basketball guy and he's yeah. one just like he's an icon bro this generation if it was like an older guy like he's 40 he's a family man he had a beautiful family everybody loves kobe he's an he won an oscar after he retired from basketball he was like had a sports academy that was helping like all the athletes of the new generation try to like he was training a lot of the younger guys in the NBA, and it was sad. I remember I had a buddy in my house, and then uh, Pastor Tim, my youth pastor, as you know him, he shot me a text message like, hey, did you hear about Kobe Bryant? I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he died. I was like, no way. And I had a buddy at my house, and I told him, he's like, yeah, that's fake. And then we just sat there Googling for the next, like, 20 minutes, hoping that it was a fake story, but sadly it was not. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I've... I like I've seen so many highlights of him lately too. Like, I was never a big basketball guy, but I did always respect Kobe. I never like really watched him play, and I didn't know that much. About I knew I knew he like I knew he had a family, and I knew he was like a normal person. Um, <laughs> but I was he never a big was a good guy. And it's a, it's way worse that his daughter was in a crash with him. She was like the future of the WNBA. Is she was Bob Daz, just like really good, really mm-hmm. good in her leagues, this and that. But you know, it's sad, and then. Whenever his wife has to give a speech, like it, it, it gets very sad. She's very good at delivering national speeches, but uh, you know, sad times. But life must go. Also, I've said this like two times in the show already, but 2020 just sucks so much. Yeah, this is I, the like every, 2016. I think we can all confidently say 2016 was like the best year that I've lived. Probably and 2020 is the worst. Yeah, we can all agree. 2016 was a good year. I was, I was just chilling in 2016 yeah pens won the pen pens won the uh the stanley mm-hmm. cup i know like the usa yeah. don't 
uh, the Olympics and stuff like that. Steelers were powerhouse, 13-3. Pirates yeah. still sucked, but they had Andrew McCutcheon still at least. Yeah, that that was one, like, it was still kind of interesting. Like, like, I would still rather watch a Pirates game on TV than, like, the news or something like that, you know? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of good music came out in 2016. I don't think I had a 2016, to be honest. What, what grade was I in? Yeah. 20, I think I was in six. Well, I had it for like the after Christmas. I had fun in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was seventh grade. Year. It was a good year for me. I was just vibing out in seventh grade. I was happy. I was very happy in seventh grade for whatever reason. Also, not that I'm like sad was, now, but I just, yeah, I. On top of the world, 2016 was the best of the years. So seventh grade was definitely a solid year. <laughs> but it is it is weird talking like you're only a year older than me, but it just seems like there's a lot there's a lot of difference between one year in, in school for some reason. It seems as though there. I don't think I don't think we're like crazy different, but you know, you know what I mean. I feel like I get like I don't know. It's like I I can't explain. Like I'm. A better person, or like I'm better than I was then in most aspects. I feel like I'm like achieving goals now. Not like I'm better, but like I feel like I'm getting my goals more accomplished and becoming a better version of myself. But I was just like chilling in seventh grade. That was the most vibey year. I didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah, I get that too. Like looking back at the things I did in seventh grade, I was like cringy. I weighed like 20 pounds more than I do now. But I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like a weird, like everything, like when I look at pictures of myself in seventh grade, I'm like disappointed in myself. But like in seventh grade, I was happy and I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just vibing in seventh grade. Like I didn't care. I was yeah. fat, but I didn't care about it in seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. I was Matt. just vibing. I had nothing to worry about. There was like nothing wrong going on in the world. And yeah. I just did what I wanted when I felt like it. But I agree with you. There's like a lot less things that I look back at now from like this year or like recently that I'm like, wow, that was such a weird thing. I can't believe I did that. You know, like yeah. I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. about the funny story that I would tell you and, you know, but have a good laugh about how funny I am, except when I stole the egg rolls and whenever I tried to hurdle the <laughs> the fence in my at my sister's graduation party and lift. <laughs> the, that was just funny, like the the, the whiffing, uh, trying to hurdle the fence post or whatever you want to call it like the other story was funnier but we we don't have to get into that one that was just weird that was just weird (laughs) Uh, maybe maybe sometime maybe sometime we'll go into that that was a classic that's a classic moment there i felt bad for you though because you're like we were in a car and your mom was so mad at you about it (laughs) yeah but i would i legitimately had no like because you know that the person was like like yeah like you're allowed if you like didn't finish something you're allowed to just like take it home and i was like oh i didn't know that <laughs> and everyone was like you're not allowed to do that <laughs> yeah nobody listening knows what we're talking about but we do we that's do what yeah we that's what we can if you stuck out this hour 19 episode where for like half an hour i was just going insane because of my stupid offensive lineman list i give you mad kudos and you, you need to comment something like completely random comment like egg rolls on our instagram posts to like let us know that you listen to this whole thing. <laughs> yes, comment egg rolls if you're still listening. I don't intend to say names, but I'll like it if you. If someone like, like it's not, I don't, I'm not surprised. Like there's like, so there's like three or four people to listen to the show, and like two of them listen to like normally. I think there's like normally four people to listen to the show, but like only two of them listen to the whole thing. Um, 
I don't really check the demographics for every single episode. Um, and it only checks demographics for Spotify, which is the most annoying thing ever. So I don't know how many listens our show actually gets. Um, because I feel like, well, I know like the percentage of people that listen to the show on Spotify compared to like, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I don't know if you look at the demographics, but like 56% of our listeners last time I checked, listen on Apple spot, Apple podcasts and the rest of them listen on Spotify, like a bunch of them listen on Spotify, like 30%. And then like the rest listen on like other and if you look at the other it'll tell you like the other ones that are like they're all just like websites and stuff um that you can listen um but it doesn't tell you how many people actually listen on apple podcasts and um the websites so we could get be getting like 16 listens per episode but i only see four (laughs) so and there's got i'm sure there's a way that i can figure it out like if i know that i i could just get in there with some quick maths or something to see that what is 56 or what is like what number is four 56 percent of or whatever yeah i, or I can percent or whatever numbers but yeah uh, but like i don't want to do that <laughs> it's not that big of a deal like something we really want i really want to do that we really need to set up our checking account i don't have a checking account and you said you don't have a checking account but i need to get one because because we have like a sponsorship option and stuff um i mean we have like one but we can already be making money and i have a trip coming up that, that's what I want to tell you about. Um, I don't know. I'll, we'll talk about it later once we hang up. But um, like that'd be super cool if I had just like some extra money laying around to buy something cool for the trip up there, like the five-hour drive <laughs> or something. You know, <laughs> there's no way my mom's gonna want to spend like twenty dollars on something that I'm gonna use like three times because <laughs> it's not often that I'm gonna be on long car trips like that. Yeah, that's accurate. But <laughs> it must go a long way if you use it right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, there's no, there, so this is one thing I found that's super cool. So it's a, like an AC, you know, this, not, it's called, not AC, it's a, a cigarette lighter car charger thing, you know? Uh, yeah. But it's like, it's like 750 watts of power and you can like use actual outlet and plug it in. I could play like, you could play like on the Xbox on the way up or something. I don't have an Xbox, but like I could, you could play like on the Wii on the way up or something like that, you know? Yeah, I have a, my mom has a minivan. It doesn't it doesn't get driven very often, but we have it. And back when we used to travel with my dad for his work, I used to set up the Xbox and minivan because <laughs> we would have to like sixteen hour drives to like New Hampshire and stuff. Uh, I'd just be vibing out playing the Xbox the whole time. I mean, uh, the only time I set up the Wii one time with my mom's one that has an outlet, but it, could, it only like had two watts of like two hundred watts of juice or something. And I played on the Wii for like an hour and a half, and it burnt it out, and it doesn't work anymore. Oh, we were going on our way to Penn State, Maine, from where we live. That's like that's a that's a long drive. So yeah. I was it's like a cool idea. I was playing like Madden on the Wii and stuff, and yeah, it got burnt out the <laughs> the car lighter charger thing. It's funny, but it's a good episode for the day. It's a pretty good episode. Well, I think we have twenty moments. Half. I don't know half. I guess it's kind of interesting that we said we were this one was gonna get really short, and then it's been an hour. Yeah, I mean. We were just vibing out at the end, though. That's yeah. Where we were. It's a, it's a good way to end it, though. You always got a a little vibey session, and better than not. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> See you later, man. It's been a long time. Right, catch you guys later. Uh, have a good one. Have a good weekend. Everybody mm-hmm. have a good weekend, Joe. Oh, sorry. As always on the Saturday episodes, I was put. I hope this work acts as the perfect segue to your weekend or something. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, what a, uh, <laughs> indeed it will. Indeed it will. All right, see you in like 15 seconds. I'll call you right back. (laughs) Yes, sir.